Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast, where we create conversation and community among real people about everyday issues. This is a place for you to hear truth, connect with others, and find answers to your questions. Here's your host, Alan Reed. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Talk. We are beginning a new series today called Less Chaos. And so let's just be honest, life is chaotic. It's overwhelming, and every one of us, we have busy schedules, appointments, New Year resolutions that we probably have already been struggling with, Let's right? Let's talk about that. Yes. Uh, kids' activities. I guess none of us have kids' activities, but people out none there None of us at this yes. table have kids' yes. activities. Yes. But I'm sure Unless, people listening, right? something that someone across the table would like to share? Here's one. Church no. activities. No? Okay. Church activities, family obligations, anyone on a diet plan? Having to travel I in am. bad weather. Parties to attend. Deadlines, so much stuff. Please invite me to a party. <laughs> Somebody, anyone. If I had a party to uh, invite you to, I would invite you. But Alan apparently he's got a lot yeah, of parties. He's partying. I know we're all boring compared to him. Super I guess. party over here. I was actually trying to think of our listeners. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, oh, yeah, sure. yeah. not us. Yeah, some yeah. of them have lives and everything. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we don't. But yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, but just imagine what life would be like with less chaos. The opposite of chaos is. Calm. Peace. Peace. Oh, I got it Calm. Wrong. Exactly. So uh, let's start. We always like to start with just a little warm up. So give us something that gives you anxiety, like a pet peeve or just something that irritates you that uh, puts your stress level way up high. I mean, I could talk about my pet peeve for hours. So okay, you've got your five one minutes. pet peeve for hours. Yes. <laughs> so no, you've got two minutes. All right. <laughs> I, I can say this is a, a very irrational pet peeve. But uh, I know what it is. I know what it is. This is the thing that, and my wife will laugh when she hears this, but uh, the thing that burns (laughs) anger in my soul is when people back into parking spots. Really? Yes. I knew it. That's so funny. David, that's literally how I pull into the parking lot every morning. I mean, so everyone (laughs) on staff here, just on my, the naughty list for sure. So here's my reasoning and I, I'll stop after my reasoning because I will go on for hours. Sure, Jan. Um, people who park or back into parking spots, Pastor Wes, say that it is faster. Jim. It is not faster to back into a parking spot because one, you spend more time going past said parking spot and then backing in slowly and then they get into their parking spot. I can pull into a parking spot and back out just as fast as someone That's can back That's not the real into. reason to back No, in. no way. It's so they don't have to back out of it yes. in a busy In a time. big truck. I think when I they say have. faster, it's because they can get out faster. That's yes. what they say, but it's not true. It is not overall faster. Okay. Well, because it, it you is spend a more time. We in don't the, need to knock David down for no. Oh boy, I'm getting true. angry. David, that's a really dumb pet peeve. It is a pet peeve of mine that brings just rage. Makes but I hadn't thought anxious? about it until you started talking, and as soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh, I know what it is. Yes. I know what it is. It's rage." I have actually, in an effort to not upset David, if I park next to him, I don't back into a space. I will still sometimes <laughs> pull through the spaces, which I think is a little different for David. But mm. I will not back into spaces. Okay, I will say pulling through a parking spot like at Walmart. First, you know, dream that that's that is uh, successful parking for sure. But it's where you're in those lines where they don't have a way you can pull through or whatever. So how do car dealerships make you feel? 
Well, All I'm not. Oh, I'm not driving in. around car dealerships he's very just, often. Like, he's like doesn't go. He's like I can't. I'll never drive again. I, if, have you seen the cars that I've driven? I obviously have not gone to. Hey, I was with you when you uh, bought your new car. I was car. insane, but I still haven't gone to. That a, was an epic experience. I, I still haven't peeve, got one. My pet peeve would be similar, but it's actually out on the road. I just people who have not been trained to drive in the right lane unless they're passing. I mean, if they're driving. So wait, wait, wait. Drive in the correct lane. Or in the right oh, peep, lane. If they're, if they're in the left lane, if they're in the okay. far left yeah, lane yeah. and they're driving 70 or 75, which is the speed limit. The law abiding speed limit is speed 70. Limit. <laughs> yeah, but like if you're passing, you're driving 75 or yeah. 80. Yeah. At least. Mm, hey, there's some, uh, what do they call them? Toll roads? Uh, what do they call them? The roads that you get on that you can drive like. <laughs> toll, <laughs> the fast toll lane? roads. Toll. Yeah, but toll roads, but I can't think what they're called. I'm drawing carpool lane, blank, but where the speed oh. limit's eighty. No. The express lane? No, I, I'm not in that lane at it's all. Life scary. in the fast lane. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you guys Are you just talking about a different yeah, country? I get really irritated when I'm trying to pass someone, and you know, you kind of get yeah. behind turnpike. them, and you get up right behind them, and they still don't move over, and finally, Wait. you just have to like. I was thinking around of the on the right side. Yeah, 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 a turnpike is a toll road, is it? It not? is, but I was trying to think of the name turnpike. Uh, but the turnpikes, the speed limit's eighty. That's too yeah. much. So you can go 90 on the turnpike. So yes. I have a question for you. If it's a three-lane road. Yes. Like we have around here, we have three-lane highway. Right, right. What lane do you drive in? I drive in the middle lane because I drive on the faster side, and so I can bebop over in the left lane if I want to pass, or sometimes in the right lane. Or if I am if I need to exit, the right lane's for exiting for me. I just move over there. See, I avoid exit. the right lane because of people coming onto the highway. Yeah. Because people don't accelerate to highway speed before they yeah. get there. They're going so, 40. So would you say you bebop when you exit too? Or um, is this yeah. a new, I, I, usually, I like this I new verb that you came up with. Bebop. Bebop. I'm going to use that. Bop, bop, she bop. I use bebop and hop. I hop over to a lot of places. So you, really born in, you're gonna so you really there? were born in the 1950s. Then. We oh talked about you not taking so much time with yours, and then we spent all this time on Alan's. Um, Allie wanted to go last, so I'll go next. Mine was not intended to pick on anyone at this table, but someone at this table did it just a moment ago before we started recording. And actually, I think we did it while we were recording, so David may insert the sound clip. But um, I pray, just pray prayed. Probably That's all I did was but, pray. Uh, <laughs> you weren't supposed to rat yourself out. But... Uh, it's whenever people don't pronounce words correctly. Now, listen, Ali, I know is going to look at me because I say things like Debris and aluminium and I say things funny just because. But I'm talking about people that whenever they're, they're doing things, they're talking, they say etc. or especially mm. or chipotle. Espresso. You said especially. Especially? Yeah. You said especially. especially. I don't remember it all. But like people Thank will you. say words like that all but the time we'll and it just drives me batty. Yeah. Judgment. Drives me batty. Really irritating. You know what? Stop. <laughs> You're judging me. You wouldn't judge David, but you're judging me. I said it wasn't intended to like point someone out, but I had it in my head, and then you did it, and I was laughing. I'm like, I think he did that on purpose. I think he was reading my mind. Mm. Well, I have anxiety trying to think of a pet peeve that gives me anxiety. (laughs) Don't you hate it when people ask you a question? We're talking about anxiety today. Yes. I have I have two that come to mind. I think one could get me in some trouble here. But I'll go ahead and say it. Say it. And I know people were taught this, but it's so difficult and nobody teaches this anymore. You don't need to double space anything oh, and or triple space. It hurts that. me so much. But if yeah. you double space after a sentence, it automatically puts a, a period for you though, right? David, I don't know. I don't know. I used to be a double spacer. Oh, yeah. man. What we, that's what we were that's taught. That's what you were taught. Back yep. in the 80s. Yep. Yep. Things have changed. Yes. Things, a lot of things have changed. So wait, wait, wait. I'm What's adapting. your feelings on the Oxford comma then? 
Mm. We, don't, we don't need to talk about we that. We disagree no. on that one. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. I learned a different style okay. of writing. Okay, the Oxford comma is like when you're doing a list. Do you put the uh, the comma before the and or you just leave it? It just matters how I feel at the moment. <laughs> Oxford. Oxford. I, I always put I the comma different. before the and. I, don't I am do. in the Oxford comma club. If they had a shirt, I would wear it. I don't do the comma. You're not supposed to in media writing. That's the way my degree was taught. Okay. She's but I do here because we have to. She's, oh, you do? Yes, we you are taught to here. Yeah, so. Oxford. That's part of the Baptist uh, yeah, the way. It's, it's the Oxford Part comma. of the Baptist faith and message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. We it believe it. in the Oxford faith, comma. Faith, comma, and message. Oh, Baptist that's awesome. Faith, comma, and message. There's only two things there. All right. Yeah, here, at least three. Okay, here is moment of transparency, no joking aside, although it might, might be funny. What, when you think of the word anxiety, what comes to your mind? Like for real, what, what brings you anxiety or what comes to your mind when you think of the word anxiety? <laughs> Every day. Every day, yes. <laughs> I'm everyone just a very com- anxious yes. person in general. Well, everyone comes to you with uh, their stuff. I need this. Yeah, I mean, at work and also just not at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So expectations from others mm-hmm. and people pleasing. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one. Yeah. I think I put the same thing. Not, uh, I put not meeting expectations primarily mine, but then I have to say now that I'm not the pastor of a church, but I am one of many pastors. I find myself like even, uh, worried about maybe what other people think about a job that I did, something that I did. Um, yeah. So a fear of not measuring up would be my second one. For sure. Medium-sized group gatherings. I'm, I'm being very specific here. Medium-sized group gatherings of people I don't know. Mm-hmm. You put me on a stage with thousands of people, I'm perfectly fine. You put me in a group yeah. with like a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. You put me in a group where it's like enough people that can fill a room, but I don't know them. I'm going to like clam up and get yeah. awkward. I love people. I'm very outgoing. I'm very social, but I'm also very introverted when I'm around people that I don't know. And so people never think I'm introverted and like you just haven't seen me. In a room mm-hmm. full of people that I don't know. If you do, you will see that side of me come out. That gives me such tremendous anxiety. Yep. I can see that. I can I can relate to that. So, but yeah. David, how about you? Um, man, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind, like a word that describes it, is just like, um, is definitely fear. Uh, it, and... Um, it's not like a very pinpoint, like you can't pinpoint what it is like in the moment. I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but when you have anxiety, you're just like anxious. Well, I hate to use the word to anxious. describe it, to describe but it. Um, like a cold sweat. I, I find myself, in, yeah, yeah, it's just a, a fear that I have no idea where it's coming from, sweaty but it, pits. it definitely mm-hmm. sweaty pits. I really wish this was on video so everyone could have seen you flapping your arms <laughs> like a chicken. That would have been great. But yeah, it's, it's definitely like a, I mean, there's many events that happen in my life that, especially in meeting new people and having the, having, having to go out of my way to meet new people is definitely fear inducing for me. And that's so funny because I feel like you're really good at that. See, I, I think people would believe that about me, but I fool you all. I am very scared when I have to meet new people. <laughs> that is really shocking to me, actually. It, it really is. is. Your it cultural really is. index doesn't say that. But. I'm a socializer, yes. so yeah. <laughs> cultural index is a survey that all staff members of our church That's must right. take in order to figure <laughs> out just how good or bad we are. <laughs> At our jobs, right? Yeah. No, just, uh, just, just in people. general. Just in general. <laughs> just of how terrible we really are. <laughs> 
Here's a quote that I uh, found today that I thought was really good at differentiating stress and anxiety. Uh, anyone who, uh, everyone actually, not anyone, everyone experiences stress and anxiety at one time or another. The difference between them is this stress is a response to a threat in a situation, right? Hmm. Anxiety is a reaction to the stress. I thought that was pretty good. That's good. And so, because it, you know, I, I notice this in others more than I do in myself. And I find myself being an encourager to my wife. And many times it's her reaction to the stress um, more than it is the stress itself that I'm always trying to encourage her. It's going to be okay and all that stuff. So I thought, oh, this is good. And uh, I, I won't read too much into the Pew research that I went into. A lot of it was last year, a year ago from now. So right in the middle of COVID and everything's heightened. But what stood out to me is that young people, young adults have been um, a particular group of concern uh, during the pandemic because of just men mental uh, health issues and stuff like that. And I can see that. I mean, I've got young adults in my family and of course we're surrounded by people of all ages in our church, but you know who are the least stressed? People 65 and up. The ones who are probably in most danger during the pandemic, I think I guess it's because they've lived life. Yeah. They've yeah. learned That's how to the deal thing. with when things. When I was looking at it, I'm like, no, it totally made sense to me. Like at first I was kind of shocked by that, but then the more I thought about it, because this is really 2021 data and it's you mm -hmm. know kind of talking about life through the pandemic. But it does make sense because these people have lived through more, they've had more experience. They are Many of them, most of them are probably at a better place in their life where they're more stable, yeah. you know, both emotionally, family-wise, financially, all these but, things. Yeah. And so they, they aren't worried about the unknown as much because they are they are more accustomed to things happening. I mean, you think about, Alan, you know, I know you're not at that age yet, but you think about just <laughs> what you've lived through in your life and the different things that have changed both in our country and our world and, yeah. and every day. And people that are younger haven't lived through as much of that. You know, and so this to them is such a huge deal. Right. Of course, it's going to stress them out worse. It's going to give them more anxiety. Yeah. I mean, and we are the older ones in here and it is a huge deal. I mean, a pandemic, <laughs> we've never lived through a pandemic, you know, our, our parents did, but, but we didn't. So, uh, there, are, there is a lot of things to be stressed about. It says that 45% of those under 30 describe being nervous, anxious, or on edge at least occasionally or moderate amounts of the time. So either a moderate or high level, almost 50% of people that are under 30, that is a lot. And, um, so that's why we're talking about this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, can you guys think of anything right now that you're dealing with? Any stress issues? Anything kind of to bring it home, to bring it real for the rest of our audience? I am a statistic. In there. <laughs> um, I've always been a perfectionist. I've always been self-aware that I'm a perfectionist and that I don't need to be. And that I create a lot of extra worry in my life. But I've been able to deal with it. So I've had good seasons of my life and then I've had... Um, lately, just the past year and a half, probably not even induced by a pandemic, but just some added anxiety that, um, just kind of troubled me in ways that it hasn't before. And, uh, yeah, I just, there were things that it wasn't life inhibiting, but there were things that I realized I wasn't able to do as comfortably as before. So for example, just even going on a road trip with my husband, like 
if I was just traveling with my parents, um, even just one of them, I could easily sleep in the car. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm just traveling with my husband, I can't fall asleep because I need to make sure that he's okay and that nothing bad happens, even though I'm not going to be able to control the steering wheel if he's driving and something bad happens. Can you teach Lauren how to do that? Because she always falls asleep. <laughs> and sometimes it, I don't feel like she cares about me at all. <laughs> Is we'll it because your line. husband's a bad driver? Does no, he he's a, a great driver. Because I, I know some of his friends and they're terrible drivers. No, yeah. No, uh, he's a great driver. I I make up a lot of fake scenarios too. And so, you know, we're constantly in my mind driving off of a bridge that we won't ever cross. Um, or are you the person that they show in movies where like as something's happening, all of a sudden you daydream and see something yes. happening and then you snap back and it never actually happens. Yes. I'm constantly, I, sometimes I think I'm a prophet and I was just born at the wrong time a and prophet. a false prophet, a false prophet is prophet, what it, yeah. exactly what I am when it comes to anxiety. Oh, um, so pandemic is actually a really great example uh, of dealing with stress and anxiety. So um, for those of you that don't know, my job is media director here at the church. And um, when COVID hit and the church decided to shut down, it basically meant everything was going online. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, yeah. the, the stress of dealing with the workload is not was not ever anything that, that stressed me out. It was not anything that ever created anxiety. But what did create anxiety is I'm kind of like Allie in the sense of I had a million scenarios going on in my head at the same time. But there was one scenario that specifically caused me more anxiety than the rest, which was what happens if someone on my team gets COVID? Mm. You know, we aren't staffed with a great big staff. You know, we, we, get, we get done what we need to get done, but we need every cog on the wheel moving to function. Mm -hmm. And so what happens if we pull one of those out yeah. that just ate away at me and ate away at me. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, whenever we were shut down and, you know, our family doctor goes to our church, he's one of our deacons. He was on our pastor's uh, advisory council for for health concerns like the pandemic. You know, he said, listen, I know the workload that you're about to have to take on because of the pandemic. He's like, and I know the stress you're going to be under. And so he just, you know, made a gentle recommendation of doing like an anti-anxiety medicine, said, mm -hmm. listen, this you, you probably never faced a situation like this and he's right where this could create so much tension, so much anxiety, so much stress for you. I'm just going to recommend you do this very mild, you know, uh, medication. And so I, I trusted him and I did it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the reality was once I started taking it and got accustomed to it in the back of my mind, there was still that question of what's going to happen if someone gets COVID, you know, we are what the church is relying on to stay connected. All the ministries are, are relying on us. The church is relying on us. That's a lot of weight to carry. What's going to happen if someone on the team gets COVID we're, we're going to tank. And so before I was dealing with that anxiety, it was debilitating, right? Like it was almost like I couldn't function. I was so worried about what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then once I started, you know, going on the medication, started dealing with it, the reality of it was still there. Mm-hmm but it was no longer debilitating. It allowed me to kind of say, okay, if that happens, it's going to be fine. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And you're going to put all these things in place. And then guess what? It happened yeah. in December of 2020. It That's happened. And yeah. we had a couple of staff members who got COVID and many of us that were exposed and, you know, it was, it was the unknown and nobody knew what was happening. And Dave was over here like, yep, yep, it was me. It um, was me. I was the one. <laughs> so we, it I'm happened, good, right? Baby. Like the, the terrible fear, of that year happened and it was like, okay, you know, we have a plan. Let's get after it. Let's do mm. it. We functioned, everybody survived and it was fine, you know? And so, but that I didn't realize the anxiety it was causing. And, and, and you know, you just touched on something. So many times what we imagine in our heads are so much worse than the reality of it. Yeah. You know, 
And uh, so you faced your worst case scenario and you guys survived it, right? Which is awesome. Usually those problems do. Yeah, David still can't taste good. anything, but. You know. <laughs> Not totally. I can taste a lot of things. It's a lot more of my smell that I can't oh, smell. Wow. And I walk in all the time after David's heated up his lunch and say, man, that smells great. He's like, yeah, thanks. Like, I still can't smell it. Cool. I wouldn't know. <laughs> James, you brought up something that I think maybe 20 years ago, maybe maybe 10 years ago, that people wouldn't feel comfortable saying, and that is just taking medication for a period of time during a stressful time. Some people have to take it longer uh, and everything, but that used to be a taboo thing among Christians like, uh, is God not enough? Is you, mm. Do you not have yeah. strong enough faith? And I think there's and, still uh, honestly a little bit of a stigma about mm-hmm. that. I just don't buy into the stigma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I know I'm comfortable in my relationship with Christ and I know, you know, a verse that I always think about when I'm doing this is, you know, Philippians 4, um, it's actually Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the reality is that's very true, you know, and I know that God's going to get me through, but I'm still a human being and I'm still a sinner. Yeah. And my mind still would wander into a thousand different scenarios and situations. And, you know, it's like the reality answer of, oh, we just need to pray isn't always going to be the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm right. just being honest. Mm-hmm. And so like, and some people were like, well, weren't you insulted whenever your doctor was suggesting you go on medication? No, not at all. Yeah. The, the man cares know, for me. Especially if you know, you know who he is. And we like know he cares who, for me and yeah. he's on the inside of the situation I'm living yeah. in. So he knows 100% what I'm about to face. And so absolutely I'm going to trust him. Yeah. And if he recommends it, I'm going to give it a whirl. And I'm mm-hmm. really glad I did. Yeah. And that's coming from a very godly guy. I mean, he's just a great man. So. Uh, David, He's talking I'm, about the doctor, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah let me be clear. <laughs> uh, David, I'll put you on the spot for this one. When you're at your best, mm-hmm. the best David you mm-hmm. can be, okay, uh, how do you deal with anxiety? Well, I, how I'm wired, uh, I'm a very uh, go-with-the-flow, chill kind of person. Um, and so with that wiring it allows me to kind of take things as they are and at my best, uh, for dealing with anxiety, I kind of just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I know how things are going to happen. I mean, like, I don't know the future, but I know it's going to work out. Is David also <laughs> a prophet? I am a prophet. <laughs> um, no, I, I know that most of the time it's always going to turn out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time it does. There'll be times where it doesn't turn out the way I think it will. But in that sense, I kind of just go with the flow and um, I guess I don't get a ton of anxiety in situations like that. But I do say like there are times where I'm at my worst of um, most of the time when I am anxious. And I think this is kind of universal is when we don't have control over the situation Mm -hmm. um, where we where we can't whatever we do will not affect what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um I'm surprised no one's amening that. Like that mm-hmm. deserves an amen right there. Uh, do it then. Amen. amen. I think that's <laughs> what really stems from anxiety is just the ability or the lack of the ability to have control over a situation. Yeah. Uh, and there'll be times where that seeps into my life and I feel like I have zero control. And most of the time it's over the smallest things. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> funny. I, I, I can pinpoint one time in my life that I felt like I was the most anxious and it literally is when I broke the law. <laughs> well, uh, I was, that makes right. sense. I was texting and driving, but it was at a stoplight. So they can still pull you over. They if can, you're texting yeah. and that's one of those things that I don't, it, 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 the law says if you're operating a vehicle and texting and driving, you can still, what if you put it in park? 
you're still the car's on. You're still um, the operator. You're still operating <laughs> the the vehicle. Anyways, um, they would not let me pay my fine. They just wouldn't. They I had to go to court and stand in front oh, of a judge no. and and humiliate me. But that moment up to that time, I was just a wreck of like. I wish I could just pay this fine. I wish I could just do this. Like mm. it'd be so much better if I could just get it over with. And then, you know, the day came where I had to appear for court and the judge tell me did not do that no more. And it was over and that was it. Wow. But that's a whole other <laughs> podcast right there. You yeah, had worked mean, it wow. up in your mind. I so worked much. it up in my mind yeah. that like, I'm going to go to jail. He's going <laughs> to tell me that I have to spend three <laughs> nights in jail and he's going to take away my license and how about the tell Pastor West? Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, well, I'm going to have to have a ride to work. That's like, a little ridiculous. Do you remember when our friend, we won't name names, has had so many tickets? That oh, yeah. He thought he was going to have to be driven to work because he thought Honestly, this was before. Gonna... This is before I knew <laughs> that person. Said person. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, now I'd be like, wow, if that person's not in jail now, why would, you why would I be in jail? <laughs> for texting and driving? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the small yeah. things like that. We tend to play up in our heads, and at our worst, we will, you know, concoct these just scenarios of the worst happening. Well, and usually it doesn't. It's yeah. the unknown, right? Like yeah. the pandemic was the unknown. You know, Allie, with you, it's the unknown when you're, the, the example you shared, you're driving, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, for you, David, it was the unknown of what's mm-hmm. going to happen in court. And you're right. We we struggle with that. And listen, everybody around this table is a solid Bible-believing Christian and we all know we should just trust in God and all these things, but we also know we're all humans and we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. But it's like when we are engaged with the unknown, that's whenever our brains start to fill in the blanks. Right. Yep. And it just, it's whenever bad things happen, right? And we get stressed yeah. and we get anxious and, and boom, it takes it takes us in a direction we never should have gone on. Yeah. And the reality is, is that none of us are always reacting well and mm-hmm. none of us are well, probably most of us are not always reacting badly. I can think of moments within a season of time. When we were in church playing in Colorado, there was three years where I had to work two jobs. We had to cut salaries by 30%, and so that meant most of us had to get jobs to pay mm-hmm. the bills. So I was working two jobs and a lot of stress, a lot of expectations for this church. And at my best, I really felt you know spirit-filled and God's got this, and it freed me up mm-hmm. to do what I needed to do as a pastor. At my worst, I would compartmentalize and just pretend it wasn't there. And uh, I just found myself getting angry. I would like have these episodes of just anger. I can remember one time being in the car and something happened. It just irritated me. I just remember just like hitting the steering <laughs> wheel and like a word came out of my mouth that I oh, cannot no. repeat. Oh, and it no. was just like, poop. did you say fart I was nuggets? just to say poop. It was like all of those in one. It was like bad. Whoa. And uh, like, and if you know me, I'm not like a curser. Like I don't curse. But I'm kind of totally like, shocked by yeah, this actually. But yeah, it, like a full blown curse came out of my mouth. And I just, I shocked myself and I was just like, I need help. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. some help. I've gone too far. And it wasn't even just saying the word. It was just the the amount of anger. It was the culmination and it just was the. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just all came out. It just all came out. And so, um, but we're we're all a conglomeration of, of that in life. And we see that in scripture as well. So, and that brings me to kind of this next uh, part of our discussion here is uh, I asked all of you guys just to think through 
um, maybe a scripture passage or a few that, uh, that mean something to you when it comes to anxiety. And uh, yeah, just share that with us, maybe what you got out of it, uh, principles, something practical. Yeah, who would like to go first? I'll go. Okay. Um, kind of as we were preparing for this episode, we know God's timing is just comical sometimes, really. Um, but we had a life group lesson over um, the Israelites and... Um, honestly, a lot of what David said about control Mm. is really what I have a hard time giving up. And that is where my anxiety stems from, I think. And so unknowingly and definitely unintentionally, I've I've idolized control. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I, when I don't have that, that's when I start feeling anxious. But um, in life group, we were studying, you know, Moses is up on the mountain receiving the commandments and the Israelites are at the base of the mountain and they're just kind of tired of waiting on him to come down. And so they're like, you know what? We're going to go talk to Aaron. We're going to take our earrings out. We're going to melt them. And then we're going to build a God, which is hilarious to think about because like, you know, so many times we are like, oh, the Israelites, they're so dumb. Poor them, you know, but like truly we are the Israelites. We, them, yeah. we That is us. Uh, so, you know, they've watched a, a pillar of fire and clouds guide them. And yeah. then, you know, golly, a red sea, just like, washed up dry they walk through it and they, it close it i mean everything and still they're like oh here's this golden animal we've built from our melted earrings this is god and that is so <laughs> dumb yes but it was just they created this idol for them and so mm-hmm. really it all stems from faithlessness yeah. and that wrecked me in mm-hmm. the right way i needed to learn that yeah my anxiety was stemming from faithlessness because where I wasn't putting faith in God, I was putting it in myself, like something I could have control over. And so that was really, um, like I said, challenging for me to hear, but good. Um, but then, you know, where's the encouraging side of that? Um, so in Mark one 15, it reminds us that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near repent and believe in the good news. So repentance and faith, and that's Mm -hmm. all that God asks from me. Um, and especially when I'm going through times of anxiety and I even had a friend who encouraged me in the way that my anxiety, um, is faithlessness, but the fact that I was even feeling anxiety is almost a gift of God's grace that Mm. I wasn't experiencing more of his wrath due to my faithlessness because I'm like, man, my anxiety is enough. I don't need your wrath as well. So (laughs) I'm working on that, but, um, but yeah, just that story has been really encouraging for me. And that's really Mm. where I came to the realization that. I got to get myself together, yeah. get my faith back in the right place. Well, that's good. And way to bring in a life group lesson. You're welcome, Alan. Yes. Slips a $20 bill over. <laughs> or just that's a box right. of crumble cookies is what yes. I like. Thank Join you. a life group. Yeah. Crumble. <laughs> Join a life group. <coughs> oh, that was awesome. That was good. All right. Someone's going to follow that one. Well, uh, my namesake in the Bible mm. was a very angsty mm. Very <laughs> anxious person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so King David, I mean, if you read the, all of the Psalms, um, there's a lot of anxiety and fear and and just uh, just a lot of stress in in those words. And I mean, a very uh, well known passage. I mean, Psalms 23, one through four. You know, talking about you know, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. And there's a lot of statements in that 
um, where it talks about he makes me lie down in green pasture. He mm-hmm. leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where um, we try to do that ourselves and we try to find things to ease our stress and anxiety. But a lot of the times, or I would say all of the time, uh, those really don't really work out very well. Yeah. Um, and David is realizing that nothing that he's doing or can do uh, can really ease his anxiety and stress. Um, and he's just realizing that the Lord is the provider of all yeah. those mm-hmm. things. Um, and that is, that is something that uh, I need to learn, especially when it comes to anxiety and dealing with stress. And uh, a lot of the times I try to find things to replace just trusting in the Lord. Uh, and a lot of the times, you know, it's hard to say, like it's hard to do and it's hard to tell other people just, you know, like when they're dealing with stress and anxiety, yeah. oh, you just need to pray. You need to trust mm-hmm. God more, like James was saying earlier. Um, but a lot of the times it really is the answer. And, uh, it is. It just doesn't help whenever that's no, what it's, people it, say. It's, it does, it's, it's, it's not really helpful when people say that um, because a lot of the times it's out of it just they they're regurgitating what, what, yeah. mm-hmm. what you should say. My favorite is when people are like, the least I can do is pray for you. And I'm like, no, that's like the most you can do. <laughs> like, I want you for sure like, to yeah, do I that. I would actually like it if you would really do that. Mm-hmm. That would be really wonderful because I'm really not doing a good job at that right mm-hmm. now. It's funny, you know, David, because you're talking about David and the Psalms. It's like, yeah, he was he was hiding in a cave in a Getty, you know, mm-hmm. trying to keep from getting killed. Right. And, and that was the culmination of him and the anxiety and stress. And then sometimes <laughs> when you read that, I'm like. Yeah, my life is actually pretty good compared to that. So why am I so stressed? You mean out? your own son's not trying to kill you? No, no. I mean it's it's nothing like that. Like ooh, craziness. Um, you know, I already shared that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's this is one that <laughs> a friend of mine painted it, and it's on my office wall, and it says the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. It's Exodus fourteen fourteen, and it's there not because it's like a great verse for me, and like I turn to it all the time. But it's actually there as a convicting reminder mm-hmm. because I think for me. The, the times I get most stressed out um, and the times I really face the most anxiety pandemic notwithstanding are when it has something to do with me personally. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really good about, I think I'm really good. I'm probably just, you know, being really conceited here, but <laughs> like, I feel like I'm really good at encouraging others and helping others deal with stress and anxiety, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, Ali, I know this is going on here. Let me just give you some wisdom that'll just really impart mm-hmm. upon you and the magic words that'll make you feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. But the reality is if it's me and it's personal, I am really bad at it. And that's when I'm the worst at it. And so I stop believing the promises of God. I stop believing that God really is there for me, that God mm-hmm. will fight for me, that, um, that God has my best interest at heart, that I'm not, he's not the angry kid with the magnifying glass on the anthill. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I know all that, but whenever I'm facing those situations mm-hmm. down, I'm such a fraud because yeah. that's whenever I get the worst. That's whenever the anxiety really sets in for me is because I'm thinking, well, this isn't going to turn out good in my favor. So, yeah, and I just default to that, yeah. right? Like I just default to that. Like I'm a wretched sinner. God doesn't want to use me. He doesn't want to care for me or honor me or mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff. So yeah. And so that's for me, it's like that verse literally sits right as I walk in and out of my door in my office, because it's a constant reminder. The Lord will fight for you. You need to <coughs> be still because mm-hmm. I am the worst, you know, I will say it, claim it, proclaim it from the mountaintop. I'm the worst of like what Ali was talking about, about control. And almost idolizing control, not because I want to be in control, but because it's safe, it's comfortable. You know, it's not a power trip thing. It's a, okay, mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen because I'm in control. Yeah. And the reality is we're never in control. 
right? Mm-hmm. We're never in control. We're such complex creatures. And I know, you know, I, I believe in this when people say this, that God doesn't care as much about our comfort, you know, as he does about How's the rest of it go? I guess our faith or oh, my growing. I love our, it when people say this. It was really I love it when people say this, but I can't remember the rest yeah, of it. Clearly. But God isn't so interested in our comfort as much as he is that we're growing, that we're leaning on him and trusting in him. If he made everything easy, then where's the learning? And I think we are well, so... Well, where's the dependence? Right. Right. And that's how he's teaching us. It's funny. You, I can see it so much in others. I'm going to pick on my wife, but in her stressful moments, like she she has certain songs and she'll be singing them and she'll be singing them in the bathroom and getting ready and all this kind of stuff. And then she'll walk out of there and the song's over and she's just stressed out as can be. And I'm just like, she's just singing this song. You know what I mean? But that's, that's us. That mm-hmm. is, we'll claim the verse and then we've got to live it out. We actually have to apply it and we don't always do it well. And everything. When you so. say she's singing songs, is it like Christian songs? You know, no, yeah, Christian okay, songs. In my worship head, songs. I don't know why, but instantly in my head, the song Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks came into That's my head. It's a phenomenal like, song. It, Alan, you might need to be worried, especially if, <laughs> if she's changing the lyric to Goodbye Alan. She's I mean, like, I just, oh yeah. you know. In there, raging in the oh, morning. Oh, yeah. No, she, yeah, she, she <coughs> listens to podcasts and sings songs. It'd be funny for you guys to see that. Some of the verses that came to my mind uh, as we were talking is just all the verses that talk about bend one, uh, bear one another's burdens, encourage one another, uh, come together. The Bible, especially the New Testament, is full of togetherness. That is the picture mm-hmm. that we get of the church. And so my encouragement for people is don't do life alone. And I even think it goes beyond life groups. As important as life group uh, is and getting together for that, it's like you need, you know, one, two or three people in your life that know you Mm -hmm. and that know you fully, Mm -hmm. uh, that know everything about you and and they're still your friends. I think all of us need that. And just uh, we've lost the art of friendship, of being a good friend. And uh, and then leaning on and, and also being someone who can lean on a friend mm-hmm. and, and trusting ourselves. And so I would just recommend anybody don't isolate yourself. Uh, that is exactly what the enemy would want us to do is to isolate ourselves, to hide our issues. Uh, so that came to my mind. And then the, the one that I wrote down, the one that I planned, um, it's just a good verse. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So there's a lot in here. Mm-hmm. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And uh, Ashley and I have done this before. Uh, where we will write out our prayer, like something that's really stressing us out, we will write it out and we will just continue praying about it until we get some sort of answer from God where we get clarity on it. And so that may be something that you can do too, is just write it out and um, and pray and trust that God's going to answer. He may Mm -hmm. not always answer the way we want him to, but we can trust that he will answer us. I know a great way to kind of wrap us up here. And it's actually in a verse you just shared. And I don't know why I didn't think of it because I've written so many devotionals on that verse. Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens. And in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. So the, the mini shortened version of my devotion here about that is carry each other's burdens. You know, that doesn't say you who have no burdens, carry someone else's burdens or, 
you know, it, it literally carry each other's burdens. That is a clear indicator that we are all going to have burdens, right? Yeah. Like every one of us at some point in our life is going to have a burden because we have to carry them for each other, carry each other's burdens, yeah. which means we all have them. So it's not yeah. shameful when you're dealing with something stressful or something's giving you anxiety or something you're struggling with. Scripture says in that verse, carry each other's burdens, you know, and then that way you're fulfilling the law of Christ, the law of Christ to love one another and love your brothers yourself and all that, you know, like mm-hmm. really doing what Jesus did, which is to share in community. So I love that. That is such an important mm-hmm. thing because it's, it's an indicator that number one, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to the person sitting next to you, to your brother and sister, to your mm-hmm. family, to help them when they're falling, to help them when they're struggling, to help them with their down. Yeah. But it's also a lifeline for you to understand that when you are the one that's hurting, when you are the one that's struggling, when you are the one that is stressed or have anxiety, you have people you can turn to and you should do that. You should turn to them to let them carry your burden so that you're not trying to do it alone. So I love that verse. I absolutely love it. And don't be prideful. Pastor West said it last night. It was awesome. And it's a title of a book too. Uh, as men, we're to be tender warriors. I just thought that is just the perfect definition of what a man ought to be. We ought to be sensitive, uh, sensitive enough to be in tune with what's going on within us and humble enough to be able to to share it, to be honest with ourselves, honest with others. And, you know, for those of us that are married with our with our spouses, um, but also just humble enough to, to let someone help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's why God created uh, the church. That's why Jesus founded the church is that we had brothers and sisters in Christ to do life together. So, yeah. I, think, I also think it's important to note that there's no one like way to fix anxiety and stress. Yeah. And it's something that yeah. is a process and it's not going to end yeah. on this side of heaven. Yeah. Um, it's something that I don't think we'll ever be able to conquer. Yeah. Um, we will be able to trust God more as we trust mm-hmm. him more in those situations, but it's something that we will all deal with no matter what. Yeah. And, um, there's many ways to help us through those processes, but uh, as just humans and Christians, we will, we will struggle with anxiety and stress, I think until we die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, going back to that peer research, <clears throat> which exciting. is literally sitting right here, right? It doesn't say that the people that are older have no stress. Right. right? It just says there's a smaller percentage of them, but there's still a, I mean, like, you're right. It's not like it's just ever going to end. Yeah. You know, the day that it's over, and this can be taken two ways. It's when the we day that you're in heaven. Get to heaven. Not that you're dead and you have no more stresses, but like the job's done. If we mm-hmm. have no stresses, then we are been completed. We've been made whole. <laughs> There's no right. reason for us to grow anymore. And we won't do that on this side of eternity. There's Quickly always going to be lessons. find something else to stress about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I feel like something's missing in my life. Yeah. I'm going to stress more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys did good. I thought that was awesome. Good stuff in there. Thanks, Alan. Thank Appreciate you. you guys. I'm the encourager. What grade did we get? <laughs> I'll give you. And hey, you get a sticker too because you brought up life groups earlier. So oh, that was yes. good. So for those of you listening, Is that sticker attached yes. to a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> nope. Uh, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. We hope uh, you got something out of this. That's our prayer. Uh, really is is that that you don't just enjoy our conversation, but we hope there was something that encouraged you, something that you could take away, maybe even something totally off subject. We didn't even say it, but God prompted you with something. We're praying for you. Uh, We hope you join us, continue to join us as we go through this series. And next week we are talking about noise, right? Noise in our life. We're all silent. And I get to check that one. So you're the one who's, yeah, yeah, you're the ones who are small. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share. Yes. 
Have a good week. Take care.